Good morning. Would you stand with us? Put your hands together. It's good to be in the house of the Lord again this morning. I thank God for His mercies. They're new every morning. Amen. Thank you, Lord, for your grace. Thank you for your presence here today, God. I was wandering in the night. Wanting a place to hide this weary soul, this old bag of bones. Oh, I tried with all my might, but I just couldn't win the fight. I was slowly drifting, I was a vagabond. Oh, but here's what happened. Just when I ran out of road, met a man I didn't know. He told me that I was not alone. Yes, he did. Oh, he picked me up, turned me around, placed my feet on solid ground. I thank the Master, I thank the Savior, because he healed my heart, changed my name. Forever free, I'm not the same. I thank the Master, oh, I thank the Savior. I thank God, hallelujah. He is worthy. Oh, I cannot deny what I've seen. I've got no choice but to believe. My doubts are burning like ashes in the wind. Oh, so, so long to my old friends. Burdened and bitterness, you can just keep it moving. No, you ain't welcome here. From now till I walk streets of gold. I'll sing of how you saved my soul. This wayward son has found his way back. Oh, 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 can you sing? He picked me up, turned me around, placed my feet on solid ground. I think the Master, I think the Savior, because you healed my heart, Jesus. Yes, you did. I thank the Master, I thank the Savior, I thank God. Oh, can you thank Him this morning? Let's do that verse again. Oh, I cannot deny what I've seen. I got no choice but to believe my doubts are burning like ashes in the wind. Can you sing it? So, so long to my old friends. Burden and bitterness, you can't just keep it all moving. Cause you ain't welcome here. Now until I want streets to go, seeing of how you saved my soul. This wayward son has found his way. 
You're free, you're free indeed. If you're free this morning, get up out of that grave. Hallelujah. Won't you get up out of that grave? Get up, get up, get up. Get up out of that grave. Oh, can you sing it? Get up, get up, get up. Get up out of that grave. Cause you picked me up 
reason I can stand here today is because of Jesus. Amen. Are you past the point of weary? Is your burden weighing heavy? Is it all too much to carry? Let me tell you about my Jesus. Do you feel that empty feeling? Cause shame's done all it's stealing. And you're desperate for some healing. You can't do it on your own. Let me tell you about my Jesus. Hallelujah. He makes a way when there ain't no way. Rises up from an empty grave. Ain't no sinner that he can't save. Let me tell you about my Jesus. His love is strong and his grace is free.
done for you what has he done for you we're going to come out of a cold start and we're going to get into a mindset of Christ today or we're wasting our time because I'm going to tell you what he done for me he lifted me out of a pit of despair out of the miry clay he, li he lifted me up out of a horrible pit out of a miry clay and he set my feet upon a rock and he established my going and he has put a new song in my heart i was a dead man walking and he come walking into my life and changed my whole situation anybody in this room that is saved and on their way to heaven today jesus has done something for you and he's continuing to do something for you he's going to keep walking with you he's going to keep talking with you he's going to keep walking into your situations and he's going to, he will pull you out of a pit and set you on your way. Church, it's worth thanking him every day. It's worth lifting his name up every day. It's worth praising him this morning. It's worth giving him a shout. It's worth singing a song to him. It's about giving him your best every minute of every day. He makes a way. I've been there. He makes a way where there's no way. There was no way back to God but through him. I've had it when there was no way that the lights were going to stay on, that the food was going to be on the table, that the car was going to start. And somehow, some way, he walked in and made a way when there was no way. Oh, we're going to sing it again. And this morning, I want you to think about what he's done for you. And when you think about and realize what he's done and doing, give him your best praise and your best worship and your best shout because, why? Wow, he deserves it. Sing it, Lori. He makes a way when well, there ain't, ain't no, no way. way. Rises up from an empty grave. Ain't no sinner that he can't save. Let me tell you about my Jesus. His love is strong and his grace is free. The good news is I know that he can do for you what he's done for me. Let me tell you about my Jesus. He makes a way when there ain't no
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You can wipe away tears. Yeah. Broken dreams and wasted Think about it. Till the past to disappear. Who can do it? Who can do it? Let me tell you about my Jesus. No the wrong turns that you were going undo. Who can? Who can work it out for you, girl? Well, can you sing it? Let's sing that again. Who can wipe? Who can wipe away the tears? Broken dreams and wasted years. Jesus is a love strong and his grace is 
can make a way when there's no way. Hallelujah. He's the only one that can satisfy. No matter what's out there, amen. No matter what temporary happiness it brings. can satisfy my soul like you who on earth could comfort me and love me like you do who could ever be more faithful more true I will trust in you I will trust in you my God, what can you sing it this morning? There is a fountain, who is a king, hallelujah, victorious warrior, and the Lord of everything, he's over all things, my rock, my shelter, my very own. Blessed Redeemer who reigns upon Oh, yes, He does. Yes, He does.
Hallelujah. There is a fountain. Yeah. sing it to him this morning. Oh, you're my rock, my shelter, my very own forever God, blessed Redeemer, who reigns upon the throne. Yes, Lord, where would I be? You only know, Lord Jesus, you only see through eyes of love, a hopeless case, an empty place, yes, if not for grace. Oh, can you sing that to him this morning? Where would I be? Where would I be? You won't know, Lord. You only see through eyes of love. Thank you, Lord. Hopeless case. I was an empty 
shell of a man if not for grace. Amazing grace, amazing grace, how sweet the sound, I once was lost, yes, oh, but now I'm found, hopeless case, an empty place, if not, oh, can we sing it again, amazing grace, amazing grace. Sweet the sound, yes. I once was lost, oh, but now I've found a hopeless case, an empty place. If not for grace, oh, can you thank him this morning? Oh, and I thank you for the things I can't see. You've been a shelter in the storms of life, she's surrounding me. Oh yes, I thank you, your mercies, yes Lord. No, you could have walked away, but you stayed a thousand times. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound. Once was lost, oh, but now I found a hopeless case, empty place. Hallelujah! If not for grace, oh, I thank you, Lord. Oh, I thank you for the things I can't see. All those times you were with me, God. surrounding me oh and I thank you for the mercies you provide I know you couldn't walk away but you stayed a thousand times oh amazing grace how sweet the sound I once was so lost but now Hopeless case, empty If not for grace, oh, I thank you. I thank you for the things I cannot see. You've been sheltering every storm, every trial. When I thank you for the mercies you provide. Think about it. I could have walked. You could have walked away. No, you, you could have walked away. But you stayed a thousand times. <laughs> Amazing grace. How sweet the sound. I once was lost. Oh, but now I'm Hopeless case, an empty place. If not for grace, I 
was a hopeless case, an empty place, Lord, if not for grace. We talked about in Sunday school this morning about the fall of man. The world has been sold a bill of goods that's tried to teach us that men are innately good, that we're basically good, just need some instruction. But the Word of God says that the heart of man is above all things wicked. And when I know the truth of how I was born and the situation from the fall, I begin to understand that I can thank Him for the things that I've never seen. I begin to understand I can thank Him for the mercy that He provides. See, because I saved by grace. See, that's something I didn't deserve. It's unmerited. Grace is unmerited, undeserved favor. And I needed. I had to have it. That's how I was saved. That's me getting from God what I don't deserve. But I thank Him for the mercy He provides. Because, see, mercy is me not getting what I did deserve. Grace is not getting what I, I'm getting what I didn't deserve. Mercy is not getting what I did deserve. And I thank Him for the mercy He provides. I'm thankful that He's not a karma God. See, Christians, we don't deal with karma. That's cultic. That's, that's straight from the pit. See, it's not about I get, getting what I deserve. I thank God that God's never given me what I deserved. Because I, I didn't deserve to live. I, didn't deserve, I deserve to die. I deserve, I deserve more than I could even comprehend. But today, because of grace, I can thank Him for the mercy He provides. Mark, I know a lot of things that He saved me from because I saw Him intervene. But for every one thing that he saved me from that I could see, there was a thousand, ten thousand, a hundred thousand that I never even knew about. Do you know how much God's done for you that you won't know until you get there? There's going to be a knowing when you get there. You're going to have a revelation of what all he's done for you. And today I thank him for the mercy. He could have walked away. He didn't have to do it. Can you sing that just kind of softly, everybody? I thank you for the mercies, yeah. Oh, I thank you for things I cannot see. Think about it. Your shelter in storms of life, a shield surrounded me. And I thank you for the mercies you provide. No, you could have walked away. But you stayed a thousand times. Yeah. Amazing grace. How sweet the sound. I once was lost. Oh, but now I'm found. A hopeless case. An empty place. If not. A hopeless case. Hopeless case. An empty place. 
if not for grace. Would you one more time? A hopeless case. A hopeless case was an empty place. Oh, Jesus, if not for grace. Thank you, Jesus. Why don't you just take a minute? Not, 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 not clap. Just thank Him. Can you just do that? Can you just thank Him? Just thank Him for the mercy He provides. Thank Him for the grace that brought you here. Thank Him that you woke up with breath in your lungs. That you woke up with enough to eat. That you woke up with air conditioning. Just thank, thank Him that just you saw a new day. Can't you just thank Him? Thank Him. We had a thousand years we couldn't thank him enough thank you Lord Jesus if not for grace truly where would I be where would I be thank you worship team you're doing a great job leading us into the presence of the Lord hallelujah well I'm thankful today. I've had a rather long and eventful week as you know. So today I'm thankful for a friend from Marion, Arkansas. That's almost Memphis. He barely made it in. He married a girl from Texas. That helped him. Joe Sanchez said amen. <laughs> you know, and he, he got here as quick as he could. I, He's my friend, great evangelist, man of God. I like to be able to say that. There's a lot of preachers out there. There's a lot of speakers out there. But I'm thankful for a man of God that loves the Lord and loves his word and loves the people. And I'm thankful that he's come down to help a tired preacher today and to bless the saints. Brother Ed, come bless the people and take your liberty. Welcome Ed Held to Mauriceville Assembly of God. Amen. Now, let's give Jesus a hand. Can we do that? King of kings, Lord of lords, my Lord. Now, if you're saved and you know it, shout amen. Well, it's an honor to be here today. My beautiful wife is watching by live stream. She wishes that she could be here, but uh, little baby Noah is going to be here at any time. Uh, so uh, we're looking forward to uh, baby number three. We have little Annabeth. She's four. And little John Edward, he's two. And of course, little baby Noah will make his soon arrival. So we are excited. Please pray for this preacher. <laughs> Please pray for me. Uh, we need all the help we can get. But, uh, but anyway, but it is truly an honor to be here. We felt the Spirit of God. Wasn't that worship phenomenal today? Hallelujah. Let's give our praise and worship team a hand. Man, praise the Lord. Before I go any further, I want to thank you as a church for showing so much hospitality uh, to this preacher. Thank you for your love and your generosity. Uh, Pastor J.R., you truly are a man of excellence, and you have a church of excellence. Uh, we thank you so very much. You've treated us first class, and uh, your pastors are 24 karat through and through. They really are. And uh, let's give them a hand. Will you do that? Pastor J.R. and Pastor Heather, 
We really appreciate you. Of course, as uh, your pastor just mentioned, I'm from the great state of Arkansas, the only state mentioned in the Bible for Noah looked out of the ark and saw. Uh, we try to stay as biblical as we can. A little rock. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. But uh, I, as, uh, as he mentioned a few moments ago, I am a Texan by marriage, so I made it in as best as I could. But, uh, but anyway, it's a privilege and an honor to be here today, and I'm looking forward to what God is going to do in our time together. If you have your Bibles with you, turn with me, please, to the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 2, and let's begin in verse 10. 2 Corinthians chapter 2, beginning in verse 10. And when you have that, why don't you go ahead and stand for the reading of God's Word today. In verse 10, the Scripture says, Paul is writing to the church of Corinth, and he says, To whom ye forgive anything, I forgive also. For if I forgave anything, to whom I forgave it, for your sakes, for your sakes uh, forgave I it in the person of Christ. Verse 11, Lest Satan should get an advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his devices. Say that with me. For we are not ignorant of his devices. That word device there in the Greek means a strategy, a stratagem, a plan. It could also mean a landmine. And I want to preach just for a few moments this morning, entitling this message, How to Disarm the Landmines of Satan. How to disarm the landmines of Satan. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for your word today. I ask that you'd give us ears to hear and hearts to receive the word of God. I ask that today that we would not only leave challenged, but we would leave changed. For it's not by might nor by power, but it is by your spirit, saith the Lord. And we'll give you praise for it all. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people said. Amen. You may be seated. Thirty years ago, a little boy was playing in a field behind his home in the mountains of Europe. He was there as he was playing in the snow. He noticed an unusual object protruding from the ice. His curiosity got the best of him, and as he retrieved the object from the snow and began to handle it, the unthinkable would take place. In just one brief moment, his body was completely dismembered because that little boy was holding in his hand a landmine. You see, years ago during the World War II, the Nazi Germany had placed landmines in strategic locations all throughout Europe. And believe it or not, that landmine had sat there undetected untouched for over 40 years and it was waiting just for someone to detonate it you know sadly today friend i believe this with all my heart that the devil has set out landmines and not only the path of the unbeliever but in the believer and i believe with my heart and life that the enemy the enemy of our souls the god of this world that he has set out landmines in the path of, of the christian 
And I believe it's our time that we not only detect and know what those landmines are, but that we disarm them in the mighty name of Jesus. How many of you know it's not by might, not by power, but it is by His Spirit, saith the Lord. I'm looking here today at not defeated people. I'm looking here today at conquering people. I'm looking at people who are saved by the blood of the Lamb and who are going to be victorious by the word of their testimony. And I'm here today to tell you that you can walk around and go through life defeated or you can soar on the wings of eagles and be all who Jesus has called you to be. But there are landmines that I've found that people have come across throughout their life. And you know, sadly to say that while that young boy, while his body was dismembered, listen now, miraculously, he was and he did survive. But he held with him and on his body was the marks of a landmine for the rest of his life. I've learned that there are two ways that a person can learn. Number one is by mistakes. The other way is through mentors. And I pray that today, through the power of His Spirit, we can learn and we can see what those landmines are. You know, I think the first landmine that the devil used in the pathway of a Christian or a non-Christian, a believer or a non-believer, is the landmine of the past. Say the past. You know, the devil's very good at reminding someone of their past, reminding them of the bad things they've done and the good things they didn't do. There are people right now who have not given their life to Christ. They've never given their life to Jesus because they feel like they'll never measure up. Maybe it's because they made a mistake 20 years ago in the backseat of a car and they feel like they will never merit salvation because why would God love someone like them. I'm going to tell you, friend, it doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter at all what you've done. All that matters is what Jesus has done. And at Calvary 2,000 years ago, he paid the price for you and for me. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound. And that's what we sing about here today. Let me tell you, friend, how much Jesus loves you because the devil is very good about whispering in your ear, telling you how bad you are and how ugly and how defeated you may be. But oh, friend, let me tell you how much Jesus loves you. If heaven had a refrigerator, your picture would be on it. He loves you that much. If you were the only person on planet Earth, he still would have come through and stepped down through heavenly portals and came down to die on Calvary's cross for you and for me. He took your sins. He took my sins. And there he stood, the sacrificial lamb before the entirety of the world and he died for you and for me. When you did not even know him, he still loved you. And that is the love of God. But see, the enemy and the devil, the enemy of our souls who will use the landmine of the past. I'll never forget preaching a revival in a small delta town under a tent. And I preached about the grace of of God and the love of Jesus. And there was a lady that came at the end of that service, Pastor, and she said, Brother Ed, I, I heard the words that you said and I was moved by the preaching of the gospel, but she began to cry. And she said, you know, preacher, while I'm saved and I love Jesus, I've been carrying with me for 20 years a sin that I committed when I was 
just a teenage girl. She said, when I was a teenager, my parents were pillars of a great church in our town, very notable people, wealthy people. And me and my boyfriend made some bad choices, and a result of some bad choices led to a teenage pregnancy. But because of who my mama and daddy were, and because he was a deacon of that church, that notable church in town, and didn't want the shame and reproach that that would cast on a family at that particular time. The next evening we drove at nightfall to Little Rock, Arkansas, where an abortion was performed. And she said, Preacher, I know that Jesus forgives, but I've been living for 20 years with that guilt and condemnation in my heart. You know, I believe there's some of you in here today, you would probably say the same thing. No, you might not have performed an abortion, but I can tell you this. I believe through the Word of God, sin is sin. And you might say today, preacher, I did this, I did that. I'm telling you, there is a healing balm in Gilead that will bring healing and will bring comfort to you that this grace and mercy, this forgiveness is for everyone. It's for you and you if you would just receive it in the name of Jesus Christ. And I'm here today in this uh, world we live in, of course, recent events. We know uh, of, uh, of Washington, D.C., and the overturning of Roe versus Wade, it's time for the church of Jesus Christ to stand tall and bright, and it's time for us as a church to be the church whom God has called us to be and offer love and forgiveness and grace. you hear me? If you believe it, shout amen. I believe the first landmine the devil will use against a person is the landmine of the past, say the past. But I believe he'll also use a landmine called problems, say problems. You know, we all go through problems, and some people, they have attested the idea that you'll, let, you'll get to a place, you'll achieve a mountain where you'll never, ever, ever have another problem. Well, I'm telling you, friend, and you, when you get saved, you might as well just open up the book of problems. I'm telling you, I, and, and there was, uh, some time ago, there was a dear lady, she said, Preacher, I'm going to leave the faith. It's not worth it. It's not worth it. It's not worth it. I'm tired. I'm done. And I looked at her and I said, Ma'am, Jesus was up front. Jesus was real. Jesus was truthful and forthright. He said, in this life you will face trials and tribulations. You will face persecution and heartbeat break. Jesus even said, if they did it to me, they'll do it to you. So friend, if Jesus was truthful, Jesus was forthright, know that this is expected to happen. But be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world Come on, somebody, give him praise if you believe. You're an overcomer by the blood of the Lamb. But we all go through problems, don't we? There's some are small, some are big, some are large. Uh, sometimes those problems are sitting right next to us. Amen. <laughs> but we all go through a problem here and there and now and then. And many times, if we're not careful, we can let those problems keep us from what God has called us to do and who God has called us to be. Now, with that in mind, it's not what happens, 
but it's how we respond to those situations. Let me say that again. It's not what happens to you. It's how you respond to what happens to you. In Matthew's gospel, Jesus spoke of two houses. One's built on a rock. One's built on the sand. The winds, the rain, the storm, the cyclone came. And guess what? It hit both houses. It hit the house of the saved man. It hit the house of the lost man. It hit both houses with same intensity. It hit both houses with both strong wind. But guess what? There was only one house that stood the test of time. It was the house that was built on the rock of Jesus Christ. And I'm here to tell you, darling, if your house is built on Jesus, you will stand. Problem. God has not called you to be a sissy. He's called you to be a soldier. So don't hang out your poochy lip and get all sad and discouraged. Because <laughs> I'm telling you, you're looking at a preacher that has problems. I'm telling you that uh, you are in a church that while there's a spirit of excellence in this place and while you love your pastor, he has problems. And I'm telling you, your pastor, while he loves you with all of his heart, he knows that you have problems. Don't we all have them, don't we? Spiritual, physical, financial. Sometimes they're emotional. You know, there was a young lady that went off to college. She came back. She was real discouraged, and she said, Daddy, she said, I'm, I'm so sick of the world. I'm so tired of the world. You know, the world's a bad place. And, you know, she had been cuddled and coddled. And she had been living with a silver spoon in her mouth, you know, but going off on her own, she realized how the world really was. She came back home, and her daddy said, Baby, I want to give you a lesson. He took three pots of water, placed them on the stove. He took an egg, he took a carrot, and then he took a bag of tea. He put the egg in one pot, the carrot in the next, and the tea in the other. And he just let it boil. He just let it boil. And some time went by, and he went to that pot that had the egg in it, and he went to her, and he said, Baby doll, I'm here to tell you, I know that you're in the real world, but you have to respond correctly. Number one, don't let life make you hard and calloused. He took the hard-boiled egg out of that pot and showed her that egg because under pressure and under the boiling intensity of the water, the egg became hard. Haven't you ever met someone? Have you ever met someone in life who's hard? They're calloused. They're, they're, just, they're, they're miserable to be around. Don't look at your neighbor. But you've met, I'm sure, someone who's hard and calloused hard in life. Then he went to the carrot. He spooned the carrot out of the second pot. He placed it on the plate. And then he said to his little girl, he said, darling, not only you need not to let life make you hard, don't let life make you soft. And he took the spoon and began to mash the carrot just with ease. He said, don't go through life with your head in the sand like an ostrich. Don't Live life with your feelings on your shoulder. Don't go through life sad and discouraged. Keep your head up high. And then he finally went to the last pot, and it had the tea. You know, I believe he put a little sugar in that tea. 
He poured it in a poured it in a pitcher and then poured it in a glass. He said, baby doll, let pressure make you who God has called you to be in Jesus Christ. I'm here to tell you today that problems will happen and there are times you'll look back in your past, but you can be and will be an overcomer in Jesus' name. But I found another thing that will trip up the child of God, the lost man, the saved man. I found the devil will use those three Ps, the past, he'll use problems, but he'll also use something called principalities. Say principalities. A principality is a $5 word for a stronghold. A stronghold. Now you may say, preacher, what's the difference between demonic possession and oppression? Well, let me tell you. One controls within and one controls without. And I believe, according to the authority of the Word of God, that a child of God can never be demonically possessed. Why? Because the Holy Spirit of God dwells in you as a temple of God, of Christ Jesus. But you listen here. I believe that while a child of God can never be demonically possessed, they can be, my friends, sadly to say, demonically oppressed. Saved, but not delivered. Their names are written down in the Lamb's book of life. They're born again by that precious blood of Calvary. But they're bound. Bound by chains of addiction, fear, anxiety, and worry. Bound by sin, perversion, and lust. They'll sing amazing praise. And then, just a little later, be so bound and so tied up, they're not singing amazing grace anymore. I believe, child of God, that there are many, many who are dealing with the landmine of principalities, strongholds. I was preaching in South America about seven years ago in a little town called the City of Satan. I asked the missionary there, Pastor, I said, why is it called the City of Satan? He said, because the entire town got together and gave their city to the devil. Gave their city to the devil. You know, we may not see it here flamboyantly, even though we're starting to see it. Demonic powers of evil are very present on this earth. You may say, well, preacher, uh, explain a little further. Well, <laughs> let's talk about it. The little boy who tries to find a piece of bubble gum in his daddy's dresser drawer. He tries to find that little piece of bubble gum only to find a Playboy magazine. There he is, six, seven years old. One look, he's hooked. The little girl, she's hanging out with her little girlfriends, you know, hanging out with the girlfriends, and they talk about this new thing. 
It's, it's fun, you know. They, they want to explore. They want to live, uh, um, live happy and, and, and be happy and enjoy their teenage years. And next thing they know, one hit on meth. That's it. One sip, one drink, one look. They handled the landmine because it was different. It was exciting. It was unusual. And as they began to handle it and hold it, the next thing they knew, the unthinkable. So how do you as a child of God, how is you if you've never been saved, how do you disarm those devices of Satan? Well, write this down in your notes. Put it in your Bible. Type it in your phone, number one. If you want to disarm those devices of Satan, first of all, You've got to use the Word of God. Say the Word of God. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but the Bible says that my Word shall not pass away. His Word. In the beginning was the Word. The B-I-B-L-E-S. That's the book for me. I stand alone on the Word of God. The what? The B-I-B-L-E. It's staggering because statistics today tell us that around 90% of Christians do not even read the Bible on a daily basis. Is it no wonder that the second largest denomination in the United States and America, which is soon to be the third with the soon coming split, is it no wonder that they questioned for weeks and delegated fighting for weeks on whether homosexuality is a behavior that is accepted amongst them. You know why people are, and you know why folks are in the mess they're in and our world's in the mess we're in? It's because we've neglected the Word of God. I said we've neglected the Word of God. It's healing to our bones. It is strength to our flesh. It is the Word of the living God. You know, years ago, a true story, there was a man who was a very wealthy landowner. He was on his deathbed. He had his, he had his young servant read the Bible to him every night. He would read the Bible, the Word of God, to his master every night because the man, the master, who was a very wealthy landowner, he, he would receive solace and peace from reading the words of Scripture. But the servant was selfish and the servant did not do this deed out of an act of love he did it out of an act of greed for he knew that the master had no living relative and that my, he just might leave him his entire fortune so every night he would read the pages of scripture until finally, that old master breathed his last breath in his bed. At the reading of the will, the lawyer read these words. He said to my beloved servant, Do I leave my most prized possession, my Bible, and all the treasure within its pages? Upon hearing those words, the servant became belligerent and angry. 
Because he said to himself, after all of these years, I've served you faithfully. After all of those years, I have been obedient to you. And all you can leave me is a lousy book. He took the Bible, placed it on his bookshelf. And for years, decades, there it sat on the bookshelf. But you know, as it goes in life, the young will eventually get old. I know some of you young whippersnappers, you think you'll never get that mid-drift. You'll think, oh, I'll, I'll never get wrinkled with age. Just wait, your day's coming. And eventually, the Bible says, is appointed unto man wants to die. The servant was on his deathbed, and he was there, and he, he called out to his son. He said, son, will you go fetch my master's Bible? I know and I fear that I'm at the end of my life. Will you go fetch it? The servant went and grabbed the Bible, and I guess in haste, in a hurry, as he went to go grab it, he tripped, and when he tripped, the Bible fell out of his hand, and when it did, upon hitting that hardwood floor, that leather hardback Bible's binding broke. And when it broke, pages began to scatter all over the floor. The servant's son went to investigate and to see what these were because these pages did not resemble the words of Scripture. And there he looked, and there on those pages were railroad certificates, stocks and bonds, golden certificates worth multiplicities, millions of dollars. There in that Bible, the servant said, bring it to me, son, bring it to me. As he brought the Bible to him, as he brought him the Bible, he looked and saw all of those stocks and bonds, gold and silver certificates. And then he remembered the words of his master. To my son, my servant, do I leave my most prized possession, my Bible, and all of the treasure within its pages. Say treasure. In this Bible, in this book, there is salvation. In this book there is healing. In this book there is deliverance. In this book there is help and healing for your soul. The scripture says my people perish for lack of knowledge. Lack of knowledge of what? Lack of knowledge of the word of God. How do you defeat and disarm the devices? Satan number one, the word of the living God, whom the Son sets free is free indeed. You need to know who you are and whose you are because you are saved if you're a Christian. And those are beneath you. The word of the living God, whom the Son sets free, is free indeed. You know, Harry Houdini once did a trick. He was doing stunts in Ireland. He was placed in an Irish jail. He was, he was placed in a straight jacket. He, had hand, he was handcuffed behind him. And he had one minute to escape the cell. You know, he was able to escape 
the handcuffs and the straitjacket. But he spent those seconds seemed like minutes and hours trying to pick the lock on the cell, and he couldn't do it. And finally he screamed those words, I can't do it! And then the cell, the jailer, pushed it wide open because the cell was unlocked the entire time. You get me? Listen to me, as a child of God, as a Christian, if you're in bondage today, if you're in bondage to lust, drugs, alcohol, perversion, whatever it might be, if you are a Christian in bondage to anything, you are in a cell that is unlocked. All you have to do through the power of the Spirit is to bust right out of there in Jesus' name. Number two, not only through the Word of God. Secondly, through the blood of Jesus. Say the blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus. Why is this so crucial? It's because at Calvary 2,000 years ago, Jesus shed his blood for you and for me so that we could be free. By his stripes, we were healed. By his stripes and by his power, by through his blood, there is healing. So never ever let somebody tell you that God cannot forgive you. Never let someone ever tell you that you are too far gone. No, 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 no. Why? Because Jesus' blood is still as good now as it was 2,000 years ago. I know that the milk at the local dairy has an expiration date, but the blood of Jesus has no expiration date. It's still as powerful and it's still as mighty and as strong as it was many, many years ago. If you believe it, give God a hand clap of praise today. I am not here to toot my own horn. I'm not here to rattle your chain. But the first revival I ever preached, pastor out of Arkansas, was in Houston, Texas. Preached down there in Houston, Texas. Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. On Sunday morning, the altars were filled, and God was moving in a mighty way. Next thing I knew, there was a little girl at the end of that prayer line with her mother. As soon as I went to go pray for her, she probably was around 12 years old. As I went to go pray for her, her mother stopped me. And she says, Preacher, before you pray for her, you need to know what's going on in my little girl's life. She said, Preacher, my husband is from the nation of Haiti. He lived over there, and he brought her over there for some time, and they just came back from overseas. She said, Preacher, my little girl is not a little girl anymore. She looks at me, and she horrors. Her eyes go back into the back of her head. 
She snarls at me. She hisses. She won't let me read my Bible. Brother Ed, my little girl needs deliverance. Now I'll tell you, I was fresh out of Southwestern Assemblies of God University. Just graduated. Wet behind the years. In four years, I never took a class, nor was there one to my knowledge, on how to exercise a demon. So when she tells me all this, I think, well, maybe she needs some medication. Maybe she needs to talk to somebody to get some things off her chest. <laughs> I want you to know that I went to that little girl, and as soon as I went up to her, before I let a word out of my mouth, that little girl looked at me dead in the eye before she had her eyes sunk in the back of her head. But as soon as I got there, she looked me dead in the eye and she spoke in the voice of a monster. She said, get away from me. I know you. I then felt something trickle down my leg. It was sweat. I said, what do you mean? I thought to myself, what do you mean you know me? I ain't never seen you in my life. And I remember I went back to the, I just turned back, and I love the Holy Spirit of God. The Holy Spirit of God, Jesus said, will remind you those things that I have taught you, and I will bring back to those things remembrance to you. I thought, how in the world, Lord, does this thing know who I am? And he said, don't you remember Acts with the seven sons of Sceva? And then it hit me. Paul, I know. Jesus, I know. But who are you? My Lord, something got a hold of me. I'm telling you, something got a hold of me. My God in heaven. You don't listen to me when the devil knows who you are. My God, you're doing something right. I said you're doing something right. I looked at that girl who was bound by the powers of darkness and I said, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, come out of her, you evil dark spirit, in the name of Jesus, through the blood shed at Calvary 2,000 years ago. I want you to know I prayed three times. That girl went down limp as a disray. That night at church, she looked like a little girl again because of the blood. I said the blood of Jesus. I'm telling you the devil doesn't care about you preaching. No, he doesn't care about you singing. No, he really doesn't care about the fads of the trends of the day. But let me tell you what moves him. It's the blood that was shed at Calvary for your sins and mine. And because of that, you can say, I am free. Say the blood of Jesus. Number three. The Holy Spirit. Say the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit can do things 
that us preachers cannot do. He can do things that a team of lawyers cannot do. He can do things that medical science and doctors cannot do. Why? Because the Spirit of God moves and breathes. And the Spirit of God breaks chains of darkness and bondage. Why? It's not by might, (laughs) nor by power, but it is by His Spirit, saith the Lord. You know, I was preaching in one of those one of those churches. You know what I'm talking about, preacher, pastor. I was in one of those churches that every preacher at one time in his life will eventually go to. Well, they'll tell you you've got ten minutes, and they'll tell you don't give an altar call. I thought, man, I need to get back in the get back in my 1992 Nissan Maxima held held together with baling wire and duct tape and just go home. I got there at that service. They told me, you have 10 minutes. We don't do altar calls here. This was a spirit-filled church. In the same, under the same umbrella, holding the same credentials as the one we are under. And I remember I got there, and as an evangelist, you kind of learn how to adapt. You really do. I preached in some churches that were ice cold. It felt like you were ice skating in the polar cap. Cold, frigid. I preached in some where they would carry their candelabras in the church and swing their little things. Then I preached in somewhere it was on fire for God. <laughs> this one, I was still trying to figure it out. I get there. I'm standing behind that pulpit. And I can tell. I can tell nothing's happening. The reason why is because They had given me a list, and they said, don't talk about this, 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 this. You got 10 minutes, no altar call. And as I was standing behind that pulpit, I thought to myself, I said, you know, I might as well go home. Or I can try to break the current. And I can cause change. And next thing I knew, I went from preaching like a Baptist to a Pentecostal. Next thing I knew, I did like I always did before. I raised my hand a little bit. And I raised my voice a little bit. And then I began to preach the message that God laid on my heart. And I'm here to tell you at that moment and at that time, I saw people shouting, people raising their hands, and the altars were full. I looked back, 
at the back of the service and the pastor gave me one of those looks. <laughs> if looks could kill, I'd be dead. <laughs> and I thought, well, I won't be invited back here. <laughs> but I'll tell you, friend, people were delivered. People were set free. People were free from Satan's bondage. Because the Holy Spirit had his will and way in that place. Can I tell you one more? I was in a little church. I had my message all laid out. And pastor, you know this. Your pastor is a prince of preachers. He really is. Good preacher. And when a preacher has a message, he wants to preach it. I had my message lined out. I had all of my points. I had all my talking points laid out, all of my transitional sentences. And that sermon was hermeneutically and homiletically correct. And as I was preaching, I noticed some commotion. And now you could have put that church in this building probably three or four times. And there was some commotion. Then I noticed some commotion over here. And then when I saw the commotion, I did what they told us to do in uh, cemetery. I mean seminary. They said, you keep on preaching. So I got a little louder. And the louder I got, the stronger they moved. And next thing I knew, the crowd over here went over there. And I wanted to say, Sit down, I'm not through preaching yet. But listen here. I was standing behind that pulpit. And I said to myself, well, if you can't beat them, join them. I went down there, and I want you to know, that that whole church came down to that front. God was moving, powerful things were taking place, and here I was in the mully grubs kicking my heels with my poochy lip because I didn't get to preach my message <laughs> because that was the Word of God. <laughs> the pastor, when the service was over, he said, Brother Ed, do you know who that young lady was? I said, no, sir, I don't. He said, Brother Ed, I know you wanted to preach that message tonight. But that young lady right there, we have prayed for her for over two years. Her parents have prayed and fasted for her. And that young girl was a lesbian, but now she is saved, delivered by the power of God, renouncing that lifestyle, and she now is saved. Amen. Somebody ought to shout in this place. Paul said, I am not ashamed of the power of God, the gospel of God, for it is the power of God unto salvation unto all who believe. And I'm here to tell you today, that the gospel 
still works. The gospel still works. With every head bowed and eyes closed in this place today, I want to ask you a simple question. Number one is this. You say, preacher, I heard what you preached about. You said, Brother Ed, if I died today, I don't know if I'd go to heaven to be with Jesus. If I died right now at this moment, preacher, I'm not right with God. If you were here today and you would say those words, Jesus right now is throwing a lifeline out to you. He's not here to condemn you. He's here to show you love and grace. It doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter. Could have been the most wicked, heinous, perverted thing. Jesus still loves you. You may be watching on live stream social media and you may be saying, well, preacher, how can God forgive me? <laughs> Let me tell you how God does it. He did it at Calvary. I had a man ask me some years ago, he said, Brother Ed, if you could, if you could define the gospel in one word, what would it be? And I looked at him and I said, grace, grace. If you're here today and you said, preacher, I need Jesus. You might, let's just say this. You say, preacher, I need to get things right. Let's just say that. Brother Ed, I need to get things right. You know you're if you're not right with God. But he's here with love and compassion. With no eye looking around. This is between you and God. I won't stand with you on judgment day. It'll just be you and him. But with your head bowed and your eyes closed, you said, preacher, I need to get things right with God today. Can I see a hand? Can I see a hand? Can I see a hand? Hand. Hands lifted. Hands lifted. Hands lifted. You said, preacher, I need to get things right with God today. Well, you know how to do that? <laughs> Just cry out to him. <laughs> Just cry out to him. And make it right in Jesus' name. Now, I believe in my heart today there are some of you in this place the devil has tripped you up. He's used the past. He's used problems. And maybe, just maybe, he's used a principality. I wonder if there's anybody here today that would say, Preacher, I've been living with this thing for 10, 20 years. I've been living with this thing for five years. I've been living for too long this way. And preacher, I'm ready to disarm these devices of Satan. Can I see a hand? Can I see a hand? Hands lifted, hands lifted, hands lifted, hands lifted. I feel in my spirit that today, today, 
is a new day. Will you stand with me all across this room? Will you stand? Will you, will you stand? Lift your hands. Lift your hands. Lift your hands to the Lord. Just lift your hands to Him. In freedom. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father, in the name of Jesus, through the power and the authority of the Word of God, through the blood of Jesus, and by the power of the Holy Ghost, we claim freedom in Jesus' name. Freedom. Shout freedom. In the mighty name of Jesus. Freedom from guilt. Freedom from sin. Freedom from anxiety. Freedom from oppression. Freedom in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Ooh, yeah. Just let the Spirit of God move. Just let Him move. He's moving in this place today. He's moving right now in this place. Right there, right there, right there, right there, right there. Praise God, praise God. My chains are gone. I've been set free. <laughs> you know what? My Savior has ransomed me. And like a flood, your mercy reigns. Unending love. Amazing grace. Come on, lift your hands and say, My chains are gone. I've been set free. I know my Savior has ransomed me. And like a flood, His mercy reigns unending. Amazing grace. One more time. My chains are gone. I've been set free. My God, my Savior has ransomed me. And like a flood, His about you, but I feel some shackles falling off here today. Today is July the 31st. 
I believe through the power and the authority and the Word of God that on July the 31st, 2022, you'll never smoke that joint again. You'll never drink a sip of that alcohol again. You'll never be bound by pornography, lust, and perversion again. I believe through the Spirit of God and the Word of God, you will never be oppressed by a spirit of anxiety and depression again. Somebody ought to shout in here. Say yeah! Now lift your hands one more time all around the room. Say, Father, I want all you have for me. Say it again, Father, I want all you have for me. Now say this, Lord, help me to be all I can be for you. Now give him a hand clap of praise. Pastor. are coming just a moment but when they're as they're coming out it's coming to the stage there's people here that need to know something because you've never today may be the first time in your life that you've ever heard that God still had power to set people free most of the church world all around the world today believe that the power of God ended with the death of the apostles and, it, and it's a filthy damnable lie. I'm just going to say it frank. The Bible says that there would come a time when men would, 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 not, would deny the power. They would have a form of godliness but deny the power thereof. That is the power of the Holy Ghost. That is, the power thereof is the, is the, the power comes by His Spirit. The, it's the work of His Spirit. And His Spirit came to set you free through the blood of Jesus. And, I'm, and for the first time today, you're hearing that I can be free, that I don't have to be medicated. That I can be free from the bondage of pornography. That I can be free from drugs and alcohol. That I can be free from rage. That I can be free from hate. That I can be free. It's the first time you've ever heard it. It doesn't take calisthenics. It doesn't take hooting and hollering. Hey, if you want to hoot, I'll holler. If you want to run, I'll chase you. But I'm going to tell you, it's the power of the Holy Ghost that sets you free. And it's the first time you've ever heard it today. And I'm going to tell you, if you'll believe it, if you'll walk in it, you will you came in bound but you'll leave free by the power of the blood of Jesus and the power of the Holy Ghost we're going to shout it from the rooftop you can be free in Jesus name amen we're going to receive an offering for our guest speaker today it'll be you can do it through push pay through the internet you can we take it every way you got it Lord, bless it, multiply it, send it out into the kingdom of fresh and anew through our servant and our friend, this man of God. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Sing it. My chains are gone. I've been set free. My God, my Savior has ransomed me. And like a 